I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Out in the cold, out in the dark, something's lurking at the edge of the park. People be warned, people beware, there's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair. Hear him cry, hear him howl, looking for someone to disembowel. Claws like a hook, eyes like coal, feet so big they're gonna crush your soul. They call him Sasquatch. This is Yowie Central. Welcome to the show. You're on 94.9 Main FM and you're with Sarah Bignall. This is the community radio show where we bring you the latest on Yowie research in Australia. And we delve into the vast and endlessly fascinating realm of Bigfoot, Sasquatch, cryptozoology from here and around the world. We go into all sorts of weird stuff, paranormal encounters, UFO sightings, you name it. And don't forget, this is a community radio show, which means you are all part of this Yowie Central community and the Main FM community. You're all welcome to contact me if you've had a Yowie encounter or you've had freaky experiences in the bush with orbs or Min Min lights or UFOs or anything else kooky and spooky. Get in touch with me via yowiecentral at gmail.com or via the Yowie Central Facebook group if you have a story to share. I want to give a big, warm, fuzzy shout out to all the Yowie Central Facebook crew out there and to everybody tuning in. Really appreciate each and every one of you. I hope you've all had a great week. This week, I'm continuing on with my series of interviews with the serious and seriously dedicated researchers out there. I caught up with my Australian Yowie research teammate, Gary Lynn, an integral part of the AYR research team. He is a big-hearted, clever, funny man, and we had a fascinating chat about Yowies, UFOs, shadow people, and all sorts of freaky stuff. I couldn't quite squeeze in the whole chat into an hour-long show, so I'll play you the second part of my chat with Gary next week. Here's the first part. (laughs) 
Gary Lynn, welcome to Yowie Central. How are you doing? Hello, Sarah. How are you? <laughs> Good. It's great to talk to you. I've been doing a series of interviews on the serious and, and seriously dedicated Yowie researchers out there, and you are definitely one of those. You are a vital cog in the Australian Yowie research wheel. So I, you are, you so are. I was, I really wanted to chat to you about, about your research. I have to admit that I, I spoke to Dean yesterday to get, to get a few tips on things I should ask you. <laughs> I think if, I think, um, you know, stating that they're vital cog. I think Dean would probably look at that as more of I'm the one that annoys him and that makes him walk through the thick scrub up and down mountains. Well, you would be surprised. You would be surprised because he spoke. He speaks about you being, I'll quote, your heart is as strong as your build and you are always helping people, always. You're the, you're the one who helps push all the other guys on when they think, oh, God, no, we can't go there or, oh, my God, we're never going to get out of here. You never leave a man behind. You're always the, the first one to help people put your hand out uh, and you really look after your, your teammates. That's um, actually very amazing to hear. Um, I very much appreciate, appreciate yourself and Dean saying that. I mean, I'm not exactly the person that takes compliments well. Um, <laughs> Suck not, it out. It's more that I probably feel a little bit awkward getting compliments, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we can, we can move on then. We won't. <laughs> I still have a few compliments to throw in there because Dean was very, <laughs> okay. very complimentary. So, so put, your, put your big girl's pants on and suck it up. <laughs> oh, hang on. Give me five. Right. <laughs> <laughs> can we start from... What sparked your interest in, in Yowies? Well, I guess I've, I've always had an interest in the subject and being that of the paranormal, the the abnormal side of life. Um, ever since I was a little kid, you know, I've always seen what I thought were shadow people when I was growing up and strange lights in the sky. So things like that just sort of led me down the path of uh, all the, 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 the paranormal side of life. And as I progressed into older age, um, I just got – basically more and more interested in, in, in the subject as a whole. What about shadow people? Tell me about that. I know what they are, but can you can you remember some of the some of the occasions? Yeah, it's um pretty much basically just a shadow that actually in the corner of your eye crosses a hallway, steps out of the bedroom. Something that I never really saw face as in like directly face to face. It was always a, a peripheral thing to, to to the side of my vision. Although I'm saying that, speaking to some people I know these days and in the last couple of years that I've met, it turns out they may not be shadow people, they may be something else. Oh, really? Like what? Yeah, more of the uh, otherworldly kind, the extraterrestrial kind. Ah, that starts to get even spookier for me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, for for, for myself, I love it. Um, I I engage it, I, I actively chase these kind of things be it, say, a, a, a cryptid side of things or, or an ET side of things. It's, uh, it sort of wasn't until these people I spoke to pointed out a few key, key notes and it sort of made sense of what they were saying, that it wasn't actually shadow people I was seeing. It was actually some visitors from outer space, I guess you could say. And so you, you said you saw, you know, you'd seen lights in the sky as well. Do you think they're connected? 
possibly, yeah. When, when I say lights in the sky, it's more a strange light moving through the stars or zigzagging through the stars and then disappears and appears to a certain degree over to your left or right and appears and zigzags again, that kind of thing. But I mean, like the shadow people, you know, in quotes, is something I've, I've seen since I, was, since I was a little kid. And that's sort of progressed to a point of, in the last couple of years, to actually having visitors in the house, uh, which my wife isn't too impressed about. No, no, <laughs> no I, can, I can imagine she's not. <laughs> Tell me about that. Like, what, what happened? Yeah, so, um, you know, I've, um, I've been sort of following the, the, the works of Dr. Greer and people like that with the Human Initiated Contact and actively involving myself in, in those matters for quite a while now. But I've always had, like, you know, when, you know, like some people can, can actually pick up on, on the, 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 the change of energy in a house, yeah. be it heavy or light or happy or dark or anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. I can too. I, I can. Yeah. yeah. So it's, I've, I've always been very, very uh, intuitive with, with, with that sort of things. And the first time it happened, like we have a we have a massive salt lamp in the kitchen. It's um probably the biggest one you've ever, ever seen. Really, it's massive. <laughs> but um, so yeah, as you know, like the, the salt lamps are always turned on, so there's an ambient light. So we have English mastiffs. So coming about ten, eleven o'clock at night, and I've I've turned the TV off to go to bed, and I've you know they they they're snoring and doing their thing. Step over one, walk over the other one. Step over that one. As I do, they, they lie on the way and they're you know, quite big dogs. To go upstairs to their house, you pretty much go from the lounge room to the kitchen, turn 90 degrees right, and then you do a 180 to go up the stairs. The stairs that we have are not solid stairs. They're, like, um, they're individual steps. In the reflection of the back window in the house, I happen to see something through the stairs. I, then I actually turn, turn my gaze and actually look through the stairs and Standing there, backlit by the salt lamp, was to make it an easy description. Would would be your your typical grey alien type oh, wow. uh, uh, shape. <laughs> so yeah, it was. Um, it wasn't something that I could physically see. It was more that because it was it was backlit, I could see the silhouette of this being. And then, pretty much after that, I regret to say this, but I in, in, instead of making contact or saying hello. I just said to myself, okay, and I walked upstairs. So, <laughs> and have they been so, back? <laughs> um, they've, they've been back once that I've seen, which is a, another instance at about 4 o'clock in the morning, maybe 4, 4.30. Uh, you know, you, you sort of hear pe- people describe this every now and again where they'll, they'll suddenly wake up at a certain time. Some people will, will suddenly wake up and the, the clock says 333 or 111 or something like that with the consecutive numbers. It was it was, it was was that kind of sudden wake up, and I, but it was about 4, 4.30. I suddenly woke up, sat up, and looked directly to my left to the bedroom door. And standing there, I could see the, I could see the right leg, the right arm, most of the body, and the head and neck. I couldn't see the left arm or the left leg just because as it was peering around, around into the bedroom. And again, the easiest way to describe that was in the movie The Predator when he goes into camouflage and he goes like that, that clear silhouette yeah. sort of look. Yeah, yeah that's, exa- that's exactly what I saw. But it was still – the outline was still clear enough I could quite easily see what I was looking at. It was just 
it just had that 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 predator shimmer to it. What do you what do you think the motivation is for um, them to be visiting you? Um, I don't know. I've, I've been told that I will find out when when the time is right. Uh, I wish that would be now. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> it's you know. Don't worry, mate. You're the finder of all things. <laughs> You'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully, it doesn't take too much longer. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, like otherwise, otherwise, apart from that, I mean, we're pretty much to the point now where my daughter, she's three, going on four. Um, she knows of, of of what she calls the star people, which is basically lights and lights in the sky that come over the house. My wife, who doesn't like to discuss it too much because it freaks her out, she even goes in the back patio and to to have a smoke and calls me, and I come running out, and there's three lights dancing on on, on the western horizon. So it is to the point where we do get regular, I wouldn't say maybe not, maybe not visitors, but maybe regular sightings around our property. Um, I mean, I'm saying that we do live in the Gold Coast hinterland, uh, which is, you know, quite well known for strange sightings in the sky. On my daughter's third birthday, we had a, a big golden white orb fly over the top of the house on the night of her, uh, of her birthday. All right. <laughs> um, which you know, it, it could have become a say hello. Yeah. And um, happy birthday. After, exactly right. Yeah. 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 Thank you. <laughs> um, and then, like, probably better than, 20, better than um, sparklers, isn't it? <laughs> ex- exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I was saying that, like, there was a, there was probably seven of us that actually witnessed this this golden orb come over the top of the house. And I did, I did film it with my phone. And as these strange occurrences go, it didn't save. Yeah, right. So for whatever reason that is, and then 20 minutes later we had three three other lights in the shape of a triangle go over as well, three points of a triangle. They were, they, they were in formation. At any point have you ever felt like you're in danger? No. Like, I mean, going, going back to, like, the sensing of, of, of the energy in, in the house, like I, I do have times where I'm not in the mood, like if I've had a bad day at work or whatever's happened. And I, I can feel the, the energy in the house. I, I will at times say, look, in, in polite terms for you, <laughs> um, please leave me alone tonight. I'm, I'm really not in the mood. That's all right. You can swear, and, you can swear on your essential. <laughs> that's not the ABC. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> it's not too bad. You know. it's, it's just that, that typical Australian dialect that comes out. Pretty much I, I just ask him, you know, I'm not really in the mood tonight. And I basically have nothing for about three, four weeks. Until the you can you can gradually feel, feel the energy energies in the house start to come back. Right. Well, keep me posted next time it happens. I'm I'm dying to find out when it happens next and and what actually I, happens. I actually I actually started the journal um, a little while ago. So when occurrences do happen, I, I jump on the tablet, put down the date, the day, the time, and actually do as much of a description as I can. I wish I'd have started sooner, but yeah. <laughs> Are you actively researching on the internet different groups about other people's experiences with unidentified? I wouldn't say I call it research, more just read and watch and just a general interest of what, of what other people are experiencing. I don't really research it too much, to be honest with you. Um, I, just, I just think there's so much out there that we just don't know, which again comes back to the Yowie crypto side of it. You know, there's, there's so much going on that we don't know and don't understand. For me personally, I'll, I'll, I'll quite happily sit on the fence for a vast majority of the subject, mm-hmm. uh, just just basically for the fact that we we don't know 
a lot. As we go, we, we try to learn, try to understand why and what's happening. But for the most part, like as Dean will tell you, we, we've, had, we've had a lot of very strange occurrences that you just can't say what it is. Yeah. So I'm quite happy to, unless it's blatantly out there crazy, I'm very happy to, to take in information from both sides of the fence and not, not pick and choose, but take it all in and just go with that and just keep picking up all this information as we go. And if we, if we can cross-reference something that we that's happened in the past with what's happening now, then we'll do that. Otherwise, I'd, I'd just rather take in all the information until we know more. And then um, hopefully we, we, we might be able to put the pieces together and be it Yowies or be it ETs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you on that one. I, I often get asked, you know, what do you think they are? Or And I, I know other people who spend a lot of time thinking about, you know, what are they? And I'm a fence sitter as well. I, I, don't know, I don't know enough and I don't pretend to know enough to be able to come to any conclusions whatsoever. Uh, I just, That's right. like you, That's right. I just research, take it in, keep researching, keep building that body of knowledge. But there's, I certainly don't know what they are uh, and, I don't, no, and I, I don't pretend to know. Yeah, I think it'd be very arrogant to start assuming and start telling people exactly what they are. Things, things that, that people report that, that these beings do. Like there's, there's one instance where, where people will describe this being physically disappearing in front of their eyes. Yep. Now, one theory going around is that these beings, because they're so in tune with the earth and there's a theory that they can actually change their, their vibration. Mm-hmm. And because we can only see in a very small percentage of, of the full spectrum, and the same with we can only hear in a very small percentage of the spectrum, all, all they'd have to do is, is, is change their vibration by 0.1, 0.2, and then, that would, that, then they would seem to disappear right there before us. Yeah. But you know, in all reality, they could be standing there laughing at us, but <laughs> we, just, we, we just can't see them because they've possibly changed their vibration. Yeah, and that's a – that's a spin out, like the thought of something so powerful, so much more powerful than us, being able to be invisible and be right in front of us at the same time is That's exactly uh, right. very unnerving, very unnerving. Every, every year new evidence comes out, also new theories coming out, and even with how, how deer can see ultraviolet. So I think as, as we learn, hopefully we'll actually – be able to, to progress their research and actually push forward in a in a more positive direction with with a more determined end goal in sight. Yeah. Now I, I mentioned earlier, I'm going to share this with the listeners. Dean Harrison from Australian Yowie Research calls Gary, calls you the finder of all things, because <laughs> you you're obviously very in tune to what's going on around you and you have very sharp eyes and you unbelievably found Bucks Radio, can you can you tell us that story? Because it's quite amazing. Yes, Buck lost his radio. I found it dead. Oh, that was yeah. so articulate, mate. <laughs> yes. No, so, tell um, us what happened. <laughs> so, as people who, who who do follow the AYR expedition videos, they they would have seen the the video where we did find some kind of scat in the creek in um, Springbrook National Park. So, so that day, we only really got halfway up the creek. We, we decided to come back on a later date to do the second half of the creek due to time constraints and that kind of thing. So we came back the, 
the second day, on, on the first day there was only four of us, on the second day there was six of us. We had then split off into pairs as we do. We, we all have radios and that kind of thing and Buck had only just bought a brand new radio. We got back to the car. Buck all of a sudden realised that he lost his radio and again he, he had only just purchased his radio. You know, I'm, I'm going to say it was at least an hour and a half, two hours climb up out of the valley to actually get back to the cars. So it wasn't exactly the situation where we were quite happy just to turn around and go straight back in there. Um, however, being that I actually lived the closest to this location, the the next day, which was the Sunday, I thought, bugger it, I'll actually go, go back in and see if I could track down this radio. So on the Sunday, went in uh, probably mid-afternoon, I think it was. It was probably a little bit silly because it uh, started to run into daylight pretty quick down there. However, uh, I managed to track, track down exactly where we came back out of the valley. And roughly at about, I'm going to say, 50 metres before getting to the bottom to the creek, as I'm sort of slowly crawling down through the rocks and through the trees and through the vines, I happened to hear this very, very strange vocal. We couldn't determine if it was mechanical or if it was a, a natural sound. So I basically stood there uh, for about 10 minutes or so, a little bit creeped out. The noise that did come through the bush was a very creepy sound. And I happened to pluck the courage up, keep going about another five to ten metres, and lo and behold, there's Buck's radio clipped to a vine. <laughs> now, the strange thing is Buck had this radio clipped to his belt, so roughly about a metre off the ground. And where I found it, like I'm, I'm about six foot, and it was it was chest height to myself, so we're probably I'm probably talking about one point six meters up, and it was just hanging there in plain sight. Um, and the strange thing was, Buck said he turned the radio off because obviously when, when we when we do regroup, we don't need a rate radios anymore. So he, he he's turned his radio off. However, when I did find the radio, it was clipped to the vine and it was turned on. People That's bizarre. Made, you know, it's very bizarre, but I mean it, it gets better. The situation was when we were down in the creek we could actually hear all all six of us did actually hear this weird deep mumbling sound and we all, we all stopped in our tracks looked up the creek and it it, it literally, literally sounded like like an old man with a really really deep voice mumbling buck then went up the, up the creek a bit to try and investigate and he, he did say that he heard something move off and then after after that, we we couldn't come to a we couldn't come to a determination what it actually was, so we kept going. That's that's where things actually get a bit crazy and a bit strange. Like, was it actually just coincidence that Buck stepped in a vine and that happened to pull the vine down, clip his clip his radio, pull the radio off, and happened to just hang there, or potentially was this mumbler? Actually, watching us move move up out of the valley, and noticed that he he dropped his radio and clipped that radio to the vine, and had a play with it to see. Press, yeah, press very the possibly. <laughs> very possibly. I mean, I mean, like this. That's that's just one instance of, of, of very strange happenings that that they do go on in the bush with us. Yeah, that's right. And you've had quite a lot of luck of late finding, because you've been going out a lot of weekends, uh, finding tracks and that unusual scat 
that you you mentioned that had that that fantastic aroma. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't 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 try that at home. That was really not very nice. <laughs> so, so for the Yao Essential listeners, they find a giant, a big piece of scat on a rock in the middle of a river and or a creek. <laughs> and Gary picks it up to have a good whiff. <laughs> well, did, you, you picked it up with a plastic bag, though, didn't you? You didn't pick it up yeah, straight away. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I knelt down to to have a sniff for. for I don't know why I just did, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it's um, yeah. I, I soon found out not to do that again. Oh, it made your eyes water and choke <laughs> up, didn't it? <laughs> it very much did. So yes. <laughs> Whatever happened to that? Did I think I know you sent it off for a bit of analysing? Yeah, I think I think we're actually still waiting to hear back on that one. Yeah, right. It's take, taking a bit longer than we expected. Likewise, you know, we do try to get out there every two to three weeks. So I think if people generally go out there you know, once a month or something, just on, on a very casual basis, you you're really going you you really have to be very very lucky to actually to actually come across something. Um, I think with us, with repetition, going going back to these areas, you know, once, twice, three, four, five times, I think that way. I think that's that's generally where a lot a lot of the luck does come from. The, the repetition part of the method when we get there is to basically pick a base camp, set up, and then we also we all sort of separate in, into our different areas, different directions, and just go look around. Um, don't really talk to each other too much for like the first hour or so. It's more just trying to become one with the bush. Um, with, as, as people may know, like over time, because we a lot a lot of us live in cities where we where we're used to cars driving by, our senses aren't quite as in tune as they should be. That's part of the process when we do go out on all these expeditions is to just be quiet, don't say anything, just take it all in, and within you know twenty minutes to half an hour. Also, you can start to smell things, you can start to see better, you can start to hear better. Then after that, it's just generally just trying to pay as much attention as you can to the area. You're listening to Gary Lynn from Australian Yowie Research on Yowie Central and you're on 94.9 Main FM. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And the last couple of expeditions you've been out on, you've managed to get some pretty exciting results with the thermal, uh, with the FLIR, right? Or the new, was it a new thermal? The new one, yeah. The new the, the new the new guide the new guide thermal was the one that captured the the two beings at Springbrook. Yep. And 
for the eye shine that was captured at Bellbird Park in Brisbane. That was on the flow camera that Dean was using. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. So you, you're getting you're getting results out there. Yeah, exactly right. Now, like, like I said, like it, it is a it is a lot of repetition to the area. I do have personal experience with these beings in the fact that they that they they do recognise you if you do frequent an area. They recognise you and they get used to your actions and what you're doing every time you go there, which is what would happen out in Mount Lindsay with myself and a couple of mates. If the four or five of us went out to this certain location, we get grunts, we get little pebbles thrown at us, we get, we get stomping back and forth pretty much every single time. And we've been whistled at twice. And if we took one extra person out there who wasn't a regular from that little group, uh, it'll be dead quiet that we have absolutely nothing happen. Ah, oh, isn't that and interesting? Very much so. Yeah. Like we we could go back the next weekend with that same group, the usual people, and next thing you know, there's stomps and grunts and stone throws and everything like that. How long ago was that happening? That was a few years ago. That was with some mates of mine when, when we, we, we get out on the bikes and go, go out to, to the Queensland New South Wales border, so a certain location out there. Mm-hmm which is a location that we've, we've had multiple vo- vocals, we've had multiple footprints, and it's, it is very close to Woodenbong, which is very known for ah. its sightings as well. Yes, yeah, it certainly is. Our approach to this research is, is very methodical. We don't just go out, stomp around and see what happens. We, we actually do have a game plan when we, when we go out there. We pair off and that kind of thing. As part of the initial greeting of the area, I guess you could say, when when we all split off in our, in, in our separate ways, it's, it's, there's, there's also a practice of putting out your positive intentions to the area. Mm-hmm. People may think that's a little bit kooky or whatever, whatever but um, it honestly does work. I mean, like both times that we've done a night expedition to Bellbird Park, um, as you know, the last one, Dean got the, the eye shine on, on the floor. Yeah. And the last time before that, Dean actually spotted a being coming down towards me from up above, and that's um, both times you know, I've I've gone out, I've, I've I've actually I actually meditated in, in, in these in these areas. Yeah. Um, pretty much every time every time we go out to an area, I, I actually do go off and meditate for about half an hour, um, which is basically about putting out a a, a positive energy into that area. Yep. And people may think it's kooky, but it's 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 actually showing results. Yeah, I, I actually do the same. I go bushwalking a lot for, with my dogs, but I I go out and I'm constantly talking to them out there. I know it sounds kooky too, but I'm constantly saying I'm I don't not here to harm you. I'm not even here to try and get photos of you. Just I I come in peace and please leave my dogs alone because <laughs> that's one of, <laughs> that's that's because they're my babies. I don't have kids, so my dogs are my babies, and I've heard so many bad stories about what's happened to some dogs, it's particularly wooden bong. You mentioned wooden bong, like that. Yes, that poor yes. poor lady's their little dog um, who ended up dying because it got grabbed and squeezed by a yowie. I'm constantly. I go out there, I love it, but I, I'm always slightly anxious about what might happen to my dog. So I, uh, the whole time I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm sending, I'm talking to them in my mind and sometimes out loud, just going, hey, brother, sister, hairy person, I, I'm here. I don't mean you any harm and I'm, I'm here with great respect. Yeah, that's great. That's a little tip, tip for people is um, if you go to an area 
and it's it's completely dead quiet. There's, there's no birds, there's no cricket, and sometimes it's like the wind isn't even blowing. Mm. That's usually a dead giveaway that something is around. Yeah. Yes, I've um, heard that a lot. Very much so. It's, it's, it's pretty much to the point where you can actually hear the blood pump in your ears. It's, it's that quiet. Yeah. But usually when that happens, you know, that's, that's when we've been screamed at. That's when I've put out my audio recorder, and after I've left, you can you can actually hear them about, about 20 minutes after I leave, actually, the bipedal footsteps walk up to the recorder and tap on the recorder. Huh. Well, every time this, this sort of situation happens, it's, it's you know, nine times out of ten, it's, it's dead quiet in these areas. Yeah, a lot of the eyewitnesses that I interview for AYR mentioned that sudden dead silence, like not no birds, no wind, no insects, nothing. And I spoke to an Aboriginal fella the other day, uh, Billy from Yandina. Yes. And he mentioned yes. that it's about, sometimes it's about all the insects and all the animals respect and fear these beings. So if they're around, it's not just because they're frightened, that it's out of respect that everybody shuts up. All the other creatures have great respect for the Yowie as the forest guardian is, yeah. is, is, how, is how Billy was explaining it to me. It does make sense. And also, like, the way I look at it personally is that if, if these beings can change their vibration to seemingly, seemingly disappear, a being, of, or a being that has an energy like that I think would also disrupt the forest a bit as well when, when, they, did commit, when they do come into the area. Yeah. If these beings do carry such an immense vibration and, and energy, I've always sort of believed that's possibly why Birds, the, the the bugs, everything goes dead, goes dead quiet. Just just, just with that that sudden wave of energy coming through the bush. Yeah, it could very well be that too. And yeah. I know you guys are heading out on an expedition on Friday night. Uh, Jay, Jay, Jim Boomba. <laughs> That's it. the one. That's the one, Jim Boomba. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> oh, there was a, it was a cedar veil. That was the that was the other one I was trying to remember because we just got a report in from someone. From Cedar yeah, Vale, and that's right. that's that's the one. So yeah, Cedar yep. Cedar Vale is pretty much like the next suburb south of Jimboomba. Yeah. As 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 a general sense for that area, people just call that that area sort of Jimboomba. Ah, oh, got it. Okay. Thanks for sending me those photos too, and that little video. I mean, because it's really I talk to people all the time from up that way, and I it it's really hard to because I'm not a local. I, it's hard to picture. And people sort of go, oh, yeah, yeah, it's Jim Boomba, but it's actually not. It's <laughs> it's one of the towns nearby, but it's – so you're looking up something and I'm like, I can't find that. Where's that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's also quite different when, you, when you're looking on Google Maps or, or, or the maps on your phone. It's um, It doesn't really quite give you a reference of what the place actually looks like. Yeah. You, you know, you, you sort of go to Springbrook and that's that's full of cliffs and waterfalls. You then cross a massive, a, an extremely – Old, like hundreds of thousands of years old gorge, which which separates Springbrook to Binnaburra, and that's where you can actually travel through to New South Wales through, through that gorge. Then you get the next one over is O'Reilly's, which is more more dense rainforest, um, similar similar to Springbrook, and then probably as the crow flies, three kilometres north would be Tambourine, uh-huh. and then sort of Jim Boomba. You're probably looking as the crow flies. 10 kilometres west of uh, Tambourine would be Jimboomba. Right. And Tambourine, we've had so many reports in that area. 
Yes, we have. Yeah. We have actually one of the guys, Tony, who um, who comes out on the AYR expeditions, um, the Aoi Chronicles. Oh, yeah, yep. Yeah, he um, actually has – I don't think he's had, had much activity for a while, but he's actually recorded eye shine and blinking and that kind of thing and um, off the back of his property. He actually does live in that area himself. Honestly, I think with – with the progression of this research and with with more and more witnesses coming for, forward with their sightings and encounters, it really starts to paint a very big picture of just how widespread these beings are. And I think the population of these beings is is most likely a lot a lot, a lot greater than what people would expect as well. Yeah. And, and the fact that they're appearing in areas down here in Victoria like – like around Ballarat and Bendigo, you you wouldn't have even thought that there was enough cover for them to hide. That's what always really surprises me when we when I get a report from say Mount Warren Heap, which is down near Ballarat. It's there's there's bush down there, but it's not it's not super dense, and there's it's mostly farmland. So I used to think the same thing um, until you know getting heavily 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 involved with Dean and AYR that some of those reports these beings are coming out in low-cut grass paddocks and across properties with very minimal coverage. Even out west as well, where, where there's very, very sparse bushland, also just farming land and people are sighting these beings walking through, through the fields out west as well. Yeah, it's really, it's really odd. So maybe they're more widely distributed than we, than we realise and, and perhaps if they have that ability to cloak themselves – to to however however they do that, they wouldn't yes. need to they wouldn't need to be under the cover of a you know lots of forest because why would they bother? They're walking down think, the street and you'd never see them. I think it's a cross between that and human beings just not paying attention. Hmm. I'm like this as well, but we're so caught up in our, in our daily lives that it's very easy to lose sight of what's actually going on around us. And Buck has actually tested this out in Springbrook where he stood still to try and see if we'd notice him. And he wasn't exactly hiding, but because we're so in tune with looking for things that are moving and things that, that, that stand, stand out as, as the obvious, sometimes we, we don't even notice Buck standing there out in the open. Yeah. And then, you know, he, 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 he has a bit of a giggle to himself because he, he's obviously playing the game. Um <laughs> But, um, yeah, there are I, lots I think, of giggles um, going on with you guys. <laughs> oh, very much so. Very much so. Yeah, I, I just think like they, they, these beings, like the bush and the land is their lounge room and they are very aware, very aware of their surroundings, obviously a lot more than what we are. They obviously pick up on more detail than, than what we probably ever will. I think if we, if, if there's an experiment where, you know, so for example, if, if I decide to go live in, Springbrook National Park by myself, as if I was a Yowie, for a year, I think it's very likely that I could probably pick up on those kind of senses as well. Yeah. I'm sure your wife wouldn't like that, though. (laughs) 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 She'd be very unimpressed. (laughs) I I have mentioned to her a few times that if if an ET craft does come down and offer me a lift, (laughs) I was a babe, I love you, but I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I have to go. I have to go. I've got to go. And find got to out. Go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Will um, you be back? I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So <laughs> tell me, um, 
Dean told me a really funny story about how you guys actually met face to face the first time you're you're on your motorbike. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to tell us that? You don't have to, but I just thought that was no. Hilarious. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Dean Dean was there. Dean yeah, he was he was there doing his thing, checking out locations and all that. And he happened to be up my way up in the hinterland. And I was coming home from from a ride with a few mates. And as I'm going up the mountain, he's going down the mountain. I, I just happened to see his number plates flash past me. <laughs> that so, very distinctive number plates. <laughs> that's the one. That's yeah. the one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I've chucked a U-turn on, then got on the gas to try and catch up to him. And he was sort of far enough ahead, ahead that I had to try and actually guess where he went. Luckily, I guessed right. He, he, he turned up a certain road and I come up behind him. I'm revving the bike and I'm waving <laughs> and carrying on. He must he have been thinking, and, who is this idiot? <laughs> what have I done now? <laughs> you know, yeah, we say, so, yeah, pulled up like that. I um, sort of go off the bike and I personally at the time wasn't that familiar with what he actually looked like. But I, I, I did know the name and what the name was associated with. So, yeah, after me waving and revving the bike, he's pulled over, I've pulled over, and we got out to have a chat. I'm like, hey, you're, you're that, that yowie guy, aren't you? <laughs> he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I basically then began to tell him a story of um, our, our first time, our first time out in Mount Lindsay with, with a mate of mine where we got screamed at and had some possible infrasound thrown at us as well. Right. Do you tell and, me about um, that? I'm interested to hear about that. Yeah, for sure. As, as you do with this subject, you know, you, you sort of – you know, which I guess a lot of people do. You know, they um, they, they they ask us where, where, where are some hotspots to go go try their luck, and which is basically what myself and a mate did. And because we had Mount Lindsay on, on the border of New South Wales and Queensland, it, it's actually painted on the road, Yowie Yowie Crossing. And, <laughs> That's great. And again, this this is an area that, that isn't too far from Woodenbong. So we went out there at about oh, I'm going to say ten ten thirty at night. And it was a night where there was no moon and I was just pitch black, like that dark that we're standing about a metre, metre and a half from each other and we could not see each other. It was, it was that dark out there. We actually went straight to where it is painted yellow yeah, across from the road. We, we hung around there for a while. We, we could hear some strange things moving through the bush, but, again, we weren't too sure what they were. And my mate's like, I'm sure I can hear something further down the road towards Woodbond, like some kind of strange, strange audio vocal possibly coming from down that way. Now, this is this is where I learned a very important lesson of never turn off the audio recording device. <laughs> I um, I was actually using my phone at the time. I, I wasn't using an actual recorder like I do now. Uh, so we've jumped in the car. I've pressed pause on the recorder, the audio recording device on the phone itself. We've driven about two kilometres further down the road towards Woodenbong. As we've pulled over, I, I haven't even had the chance to press press recorder on the recorder and we got screamed at from behind us roughly about 10 to 15 metres. There, there's a big wall of Lantana and this scream that come out was the loudest scream you've ever heard in your life. It went straight, straight, straight to your bones, shook your body, and after that, you could you could you could hear this hear this thing stomping back and forth bipedally, by the way. So two two steps, two feet, I should say. Yeah. Uh, stomping back and forth, left to right, and left to right. And up above that was a bird. And you, know, you know, like in in the bush in the forest, 
if if there's a if there's a predator around some animals like bird, certain birds will alert a call to a predator being in the area. Yeah. So this 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 bird out there is going off its nut, and we we could we could still hear this 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 being walking back and forth, stomping and grunting. Next thing you know, to our north and northwest, we could hear two other distant vocals from two other locations. So again, from the north and northwest, we decided to stay there and. I guess let's just wait and see what happens. Over the course of the next hour, hour and a half, every twenty minutes, the, these two other vocalizations would come from the from the north and northwest. But every twenty minutes, they're getting closer and closer and closer. The whole time, this one this one behind us, again ten to fifteen meters behind us, would either go quiet, or you hear it move around, stomp around back and forth a bit, then go quiet again. It got to the point where the vocals from the north and northwest were very very close. And then it just went dead silent from, from both sides of, of, of where we were, from, from the one behind us and in front of us. The bird even went dead quiet. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> the next thing you know, I, I could hear this. If you, if you picture like a thousand mosquitoes that, that swarm your head, so all you can hear is that buzzing of mosquitoes. And regardless of which way you turn, that's all you can hear. I'm thinking – Surely I'm, I'm, I'm hearing things. So at this point, I've got the torch turned on, but it's in, into my chest, so it's not letting out any light. I walk over to, to my mate Wade, who's about two metres away. I, I let the beam, of, the beam of the torch off my chest and just for, for a bit of ambient light so I could see him. I was just about to say, can you hear that? And the confused look in his face gave me my answer. Yes, he can hear this, this, this strange mosquito buzzing that's, that surrounded us. The interesting part was seconds later, without saying a word to each other, it, it, it was like it was scripted. Without saying a word to each other, we both spun around 180 degrees to this big wall of vine with our torches. So we were facing south. Not one word was said. And on, like it was on cue, we both spun around 180 degrees, hit our torches on this big wall of vine. And that's when Wade's like, we need to go, we need to go. And through a bit of research and talking to a few people, we, we come to come to the only only conclusion that sort of made sense was that, that was possibly us being hit with with, with a type of a, a frequency of infrasound. Yeah. Do you want to explain for the Yowie Central listeners what infrasound is? Yeah, for sure. So, for example, um, elephants and tigers they they both emit infrasound. So a tiger will emit a very very low frequency vibration which basically stuns, disorientates and confuses prey, which then will make it easier for that tiger to actually catch the deer or the antelope or whatever animal it's trying to, to capture for a feed. And hopefully it wasn't being used on us for that purpose. Hopefully they were just playing silly buggers. <laughs> or maybe it was to disorient you enough to for them to move away from the area without... Very possibly. Um, I, I don't think we gave them the chance to do that, though. We, we sort of left pretty quick after that happened. Isn't that interesting that you both spun around at the same time? It was, like I said, it, it was scripted like, like we planned to <laughs> do it. Choreographed. Exactly right. Yeah. Like it was like one, two, three, go. But nothing was said to each other. Like, like, like I said, like when, when I walked up the way to see his confused look, the whole time I, I didn't say a word to him. The other strange thing is my phone was sitting on the bonnet of the car and we were – roughly five or six metres off to the right of the car, so off the driver's side. 
when I went back and listened to the recording, you could hear the distant vocals. Um, again, unfortunately, I missed the big scream that we, we were greeted with. But you can hear it's, – it's, it's as if my phone, got, my phone got dragged across the bonnet of the car. For, for all we know, maybe, maybe the one behind us did, did actually come out of the bush and get a bit closer up beside the left-hand side of the car, and maybe it did touch my phone. Right. Describe that scream for me. What did it most resemble to you? The most, most black and white uh, resemblance would be like a, a death metal vocalist. Right. <laughs> of, um, of which you are very familiar. <laughs> <laughs> very much so. <laughs> it started off very, very deep. But that, that, that low tone didn't last very long. It's very deep and then got very mid-range to high pitch very quickly. The higher the pitch, the louder the, louder the scream got. It's, it's definitely a scream that I've heard no death metal vocalist ever do themselves. Have you heard other recordings of screams that sound similar? I've heard a few in America that do, in, in North America, that, that do sound similar. But I think... It's probably like a, a, a situational thing. Like, like us, if we have to vocalise for a certain reason, depending on what it is, can depend on what sound comes out of your mouth or what, what sort of volume comes out of your mouth. I'm sure there, there, there's probably audio out there very similar. I think the closest one I can find, if people go on YouTube and look up, uh, I think it's called Georgia 2013 Rock Throwing and Screams, so that's Georgia and North America. There's some screams on, on that video, which were very close to it. I'll check that out. Now, you you very kindly, uh, Dean was going, oh, I just can't keep up when I, me, I can't keep up with all the Facebook and the YouTube and all the eyewitness interviews. So you very kindly have stepped in to admin on our, on the AYR Facebook page, which is fantastic. I have to compliment you on your incredible patience and you're so approachable. You do that really well. I've been really impressed by, by how you, how you manage everybody. Well, my, my sort of main reasoning behind that is that there's obviously a lot of people out there that they've had an encounter or a sighting where they've tried to speak to their friends or family and they get ridiculed for it, get, get laughed at and made fun of. So you obviously got to be very careful what you're saying, very, very welcoming to these people as well to to hopefully entice them to say more. Yeah. But at the same time, like you know, we, we as it stands, we we do have a, a reputation to uphold. Mm. So we we can't really go you know, carrying on swearing back to people, and we do at times get people that, that are very abusive toward us for whatever reason. Yeah. You've, you've you've just really got to bite your tongue or like sometimes you'll 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 write out a sentence and you you read it back and maybe they'll get misconstrued the wrong way or they won't understand what you're saying. Yeah. So you sort of delete that and start again. But I mean like the the whole purpose is of it is to try and entice people to give us more information and for them for them also to feel comfortable in talking to us and also and, and not feeling crazy about what they're saying. Dean's website, Australian Yowie Research, yowiehunters.com the, the work that he's put into that is amazing. And all the, all the information that anyone would, would ever need about Yao is, is on his site. Like what you, you, you basically, you can keep clicking buttons and something new pops up. Yeah, um, and it's basically a, a, a library, a free, li- exactly. a free library. There's no, uh, no one has to pay for anything. You don't have to subscribe. 
none of us get paid anything, but it's um, that's right. It's we do it. We all do it out of a passion and a love for for the love of Dean. For the love of Dean. <laughs> oh, he'll like that we left that bit in. <laughs> you forgot to say. Oh, yes, and yeah, Dean. Oh, as, Dean says as, this, and as, as, as Dean would say, <laughs> for the love of Dean. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, oh, that know, just reminds me. You better be careful with your <laughs> with your sexy new AYR sticker on the back of your car. There's the, you better be careful not to get pulled over doing anything silly with that on the back of your car. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm, I'm very, very, very mindful of that one. <laughs> yeah, well, it, but it's exactly right. Like we do have a reputation. We're the top organisation in the world on this particular subject on Yowies, and once you're part of that uh, organisation, as we are, we're public figures, and That's right. everything reflects on AYR, and and we all do our best to make sure that. We don't do anything that reflects badly. <laughs> well, th- that's right. The more information that we can get, the more information we can document. People do come to AYR all the time asking for help and also help in a sense of, I just I just bought a property in this area or I live in this, this area. Are there any sightings? And generally we can say yes or no very quickly. Yeah. When, when people do approach us, if, if they want to stay anonymous, they can. There's no, there's no issue with that. But the importance of documenting their their sighting or their encounter is basically to log it in, into the database to help us and to help people out around Australia yeah. for locations, even to to help out emergency services if need be. Yeah, exactly. And I, I have the same approach with the witness interviews that I do. I'm always really gentle with with everyone who contacts us 99% of people I speak to are deeply traumatized and have had an experience that has completely rocked their world seriously rocked their world uh, and left them usually at the time they think they're going to die literally they're terrified for their lives so it's so important that all of us you on Facebook admin and me on YouTube admin and with all the uh, witness interviews I do that we're, we're gentle and respectful with everybody. And I, I check in with people, particularly the people who've been really, really shaken up. I check in with them after after I've in- interviewed them. I usually send them a text, uh, you know, a week later just saying thank you again and, and I'm just checking that you're okay. And, and when it comes out, if it does come out as a, as a YouTube video, I always check in with them then to let them know and just to make sure they're okay. And people l- often laugh about, People who don't know what we know laugh about the subject, but you and I both know that it's it's not a laughing matter when you, when you, you you have an an encounter a sighting that is so frightening that you literally shit your pants because you're so frightened. It's really important that we <laughs> that we treat everybody exactly really right. seriously. That's, I will say though, as as time does go on, I feel the Australian community are slowly opening their minds up to the possibility of, of this being called Yowie or Bigfoot or whatever they like to call it, Hairy Man, Junjuri, Dooligal, this, this being a real, a, a real being out in the bush. Since I've been involved as well, a lot more people have come to me, people I didn't expect as well, who have come to me and said, you know, um, I just want to let you know about this, this, this situation that happened when I was camping a couple of years ago. And a lot of similar stories like that, or I saw, I saw something strange when I was driving down this road. And I think as time goes on, it is getting easier to talk to people, and people are becoming more more accepting of it. 
the average person is, is becoming more accepting of talking about the subject than, than what, even two years ago. A, a good example is when the image of the, the, the women's running shoe inside that big impression from Mount Barney, uh-huh. Queensland, taken by some good friends of mine, that hit the front page of the Gold Coast Bulletin, the, the Gold Coast main newspaper. We saw an influx of people talking about it, an influx of people joining local Yowie Facebook groups, that kind of thing. Like, like some groups went from like 250 to 3,000 people with, uh, within a matter of six months. Yeah, right. So it is slowly becoming more acceptable from the general public. All, all I can hope is that if that is happening, that more and more witnesses and witnesses that have sightings and encounters will be able to talk about it with their with their loved ones or their or their, or their friends and family members a bit easier than what than what they may have been at the time of the encounter if it was some years ago. Yeah, exactly. Because you you and I both know people who thinking of one in particular who still hasn't told his wife anything about it. So imagine carrying that around that burden exactly. of carrying around something that scared you so much that it made you flee for your life. Imagine not the burden of carrying that around and not being able to share that with your family or with your wife, you know, with your, your, your best friend. Yes, yeah, it's, it's exactly right. Yeah, so I agree with you. I, I really hope that uh, – and that's part of the reason why I do this show too, why I do it at Yowie Central. The more people are talking about this, the more people know about this, the, the less stigma there is and the less ridicule that people who, who speak up and say, yes, I, I did see something – the, the less ridicule that they're subjected to as well. Gary Lynn from Australian Yowie Research. If you've had an encounter with a Yowie or you've seen a ghost or had a scary UFO experience or any other weird stuff, get in touch with me via yowiecentral at gmail.com or via the Yowie Central Facebook group. That's all we've got time for this week, folks. I'll play you the second part of my chat with Gary Lynn next week. Yowie Central will be back next week, same time, same place, on 94.9 Main FM. Catch you next week. Stay safe. Out in the dark, something's lurking at the edge of the park. People be warned, people beware. There's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair. Hear him cry, hear him howl. Looking for someone to disembowel. Claws like a hook, eyes like coal. Feet so big they're gonna crush your soul. They call him Sasquatch.
young thing Better hide the glint of your diamond ring Your fancy jacket won't be worth a dime When you're sucking the blood right out of your spine Hear and cry, hear and howl Looking for someone to disembowel Claws like a hook, eyes like coal Feet so big they're gonna crush your soul Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.